Blog Talk Radio. Hi, Bill Boxer. Welcome to our program today. We are going to bring into your home some of the best jazz available in the world. And we have some terrific people who are going to play it for you today. As we salute and welcome back to New York, the incredible Newport Jazz Festival in its 26 years. All right, now we're joined by two greats of Latin music, Mr. Tito Puente and Eddie Palmieri. Uh, where were you? What happened? Uh, we were looking for you. Where's Tito? It's good to be missed once in a while. <laughs> we missed you. What, what was the story? Where did you go? I was talking outside. A future contract for the Newport Jazz Festival. Well, what are you doing this year at the Newport Jazz Festival? Well, we have uh, we commissioned, uh, Mr. Ween has commissioned uh, a new arrangement for two bands, uh, which I'm doing one for Eddie Palmieri and myself, which will be performing at the same time on, on stage. Two bands going on at once? Same time, that's right. Uh, now, uh, so you, you're going to have your group? You're going to have your group? and uh, Well, we answer each other. You know, 16 bars, 16 bars, eight eights, and then we join in. And uh, when my solo was playing, his band is giving background figures. And when his solo was playing, my, my band plays background. Then we get together and talk coda and blow the roof off. Wow, that sounds fabulous. Wow. Will you do Macho Man? Macho? <laughs> no, the disco music is interesting. And all is the same beat. You know what I mean? Um, where is this going to be? Right. Or should we just open our windows that night and listen? Well, it won't be that loud. No? No. It'll be good, though. I know that. It'll where? Be with me. where? Avery Fisher Hall, of course. And that's uh, on? June 30th, Saturday. Latino night, Newport Jazz Festival, Latin night. On the 30th? On the 30th of June. Avery that Fisher. sounds like one you don't want to miss. Well, Cal Jade will be there also, Desi Gillespie, and uh, Willie Bobo. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we have a heavy lineup. Yeah. That's <laughs> definitely good. Yeah. Uh, can you, ex is it possible to just take a minute, if you, if you wanted to, explain to somebody like the roots of latin music and you want to take a couple of just a little bit of a demonstration where would you start to explain what makes latin music latin music latin jazz well it had this origin actually uh some african roots you know biblical patterns like that traveled from africa to, to cuba mm -hmm. they uh, arrived to the united states uh 20s 30s 40s and the well, is there a certain rhythm that you could play that would be demonstrative of what that is? Well, if we're going to something like just typical Latin, we could go like. And rhythm section would just fall in on that. If you're talking about something like uh, you asked me before about Latin jazz, using that yeah, uh, jazz. Uh, word, uh, we have en enhanced in uh, the harmonic structures of, 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 of uh, jazz uh, medium, and we have put it up. For example, we'll use it something like, a, and we'll play something like. has now this kind of a harmonic structure, you know, still laying under the, the rhythmical patterns that we, yeah. that we so uh, wean to, see? So it's just the direction and the extensions that we're actually after constantly. Extensions. Sure. Yeah. The musical extensions on top of the rhythmical extensions, and it becomes very, uh, they're, they're very complex and very interesting. Now, Very enjoyable. Tito, you're primarily known as, as a percussionist. I mean, we're going to play the timbales in a moment, but you play how many other instruments? 
Well, I used to play piano, uh, saxophone, excuse me, Jerry Mulligan, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, vibes. But instead of in the basically yeah, percussion, percussion. Yes, I'm a Latin percussion. I just came from Europe, but we had clinics out there in Amsterdam and in Germany. And clinics? Spain. Yes, workshops, sure. Uh, on bongos, uh, tambales. Bon you mean I could have gone to a bongo workshop and yeah. I didn't even know it? We're going to have some here in New York, too. Yeah, well, let I'm us like, know. Yeah. Well, I'll have to check your fingers, see how many calluses you have. <laughs> what, what, uh, They're clean. Well, that's good. Pure fingers. Yeah, you're going to get hurt, though. <laughs> Can I wear Band-Aids? Yeah, that's Let me look at do. your fingers, by the way. There's one, there's one, there's one. That callus is about a mile deep. Yeah, it's about 40 years old, that one. <laughs> you got that when you were a kid. What do you want to do for us? Well, we'll, All right, a little, we'll do, got a little yeah, jam. Yeah, we'll do a little, little riff there. Sure, let's get a little music. All right, fine. Hey, come here.
something there? Yeah, I learned a lot. Now, what I want you to do is, I want you to go back and this time do it with a little energy. No, that was terrific. That was, you know, the thing that I observed about that is, from the standpoint of Eddie, let me go to Eddie first, that the, the, the piano is just straight ahead. It's almost a non-stop flowing well, thing. We're, the piano in that situation is part of the percussion, naturally, uh, and we must be wrapped up with, with the bass player, and he and I, uh, especially when the percussion is going to take the solo, we've got to do him that foundation. Yeah, but we want to thank Milt Hinton for being in the background here on the bass. We'll meet Milt. Uh, next segment or so. And from the standpoint of of, uh, of listening to you, the thing that I I felt was a such a, an enormous variety of sounds and rhythms coming out of you know essentially what appears to be a very small, simple instrument. That's right. It's a it's a creative instrument, really. When I did a percussion album about 20 years ago, I went to the producer. And I told him, we have a, uh, I have an idea, I want to do a percussion album. He says, we never heard of it. There's no melody, no harmony, no nothing. No melody? Well, uh, well, that's what he thought. Yeah. But I told him there was a melody, see. And he finally uh, heard us. Uh, we had Patato, Mongo Santa Maria, Ray Barreto, Willy Bobo, Juli Tocoyaso. We had all the greatest. Yeah. And we just sat around in a circle, and we stared at each other. One, two, three, four, and we went. Hello, can you hear me? I can hear you. I didn't Eddie. hear you before. Hi, can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Okay. I, I was having some technical issues here. Oh, are we on live? Yes, we're live. All right. Better love to you, Beverly. Uh, thank you once again for inviting me to your program, Truth to Power every Thursday uh, from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Time uh, with uh, from Detroit, Michigan, the Motor City, uh, coming to you live from Puerto Rico, and Beverly is live from um, Detroit, Michigan, uh, to uh, pay honor and to um, pay a tribute. Um, and the end of a nine-week series, um, Saying and uh, talking and, and hearing uh, the master's uh, musicianship and uh, the the creativity uh, and the um, music that made a lot of people dance all over the world and enjoy at jazz festivals. The late great Tito Puente, may he rest in peace. He died on May 31st, May June 1st. Uh, um, they like yesterday, back in 2000, he went into the operating room uh, at New York uh, University Hospital Medical Center in New York. After a month prior to that, uh, being told by a, a doctor or a heart surgeon in Puerto Rico that um, his condition could be resolved as long as he kept his heart strong. Um, the time that uh, was uh, that passed between that moment and the moment um, he was on the operating table and became a, a um, self-fulfilling prophecy because he said that doctors cannot do anything with a heart that turns weak. But right now in Puerto Rico, Mr. Blanca's heart is strong. We can um, we can do this procedure and uh, without having to do any open heart surgery. 
And so by the time we got to New York, they were doing open heart surgery. And Tito uh, Puente's um, heart probably um, was weak because one of the things they said at the press conference that surgeons cannot tell that window from when a, a strong heart turns into a weak heart. And he said there's absolutely nothing to do with a weak heart. So it was a very unexpected um, news when I heard that he passed uh, because uh, I knew from uh, a month prior to that that um, doctors had diagnosed him with a condition that could be um, that could be taken care of with the procedure by going in through his arteries instead of open heart surgery. So very sad, you know, but um, his music lives on. We have a great show for your listeners tonight. And uh, I want to thank you once again for inviting me to your great program, Truth to Power. And it's great to Hi, have Hi, Gold Box you. Air. Welcome to our uh, program today. We are going to bring into your home uh, some of the best jazz available in the world. And okay. That opening from, was from a Newport Jazz Festival interview, uh, Tito Puente and Eddie Palmieri. Uh, can you imagine, you know, these, this is like decades and decades ago. Uh, and they got together, mm-hmm. uh, they were commissioned to perform at a Newport Jazz Festival with their, each with their own orchestras. And uh, decades later, um, they did an album that we're going to uh, play tonight. Uh, tonight, 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 not recorded it is live and um, I'm on my iPhone and I'm sure Beverly's on her iPhone so please excuse any uh, interruptions unexpected interruptions but tonight Beverly you want to say a few words hello yes I'm back Um, uh, you seems like you're muted and um, I can't hear you, but yeah, I, hope you can hear me. I was having some. Yeah, I think I solved the problem now. I think we're good now. Okay, well, welcome to Truth to Power with Beverly D. <laughs> and Eddie Rodriguez. <laughs> Thank you, Beverly. Thank you. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, it's always a pleasure to to exchange uh, ideas and opinions and. Uh, and the music that I grew up with and uh, uh, someone that I was honored to and blessed to, to know since 1979 until his passing on May 31st, 2000. Like I said, tonight we're going we're gonna to play in its entirety the last recording with uh, Tito Puente, and it was with Eddie Palmieri, who you just heard in an interview. I don't know if we... I heard part of the interview, but then it ended. But, you know, they were just together by themselves doing like a little jam session, just a two thing bottles, no cymbals, no cowbell, no nothing, and a piano. And, um, you know, if, if they were doing that anywhere, believe me, people would have been dancing if they were dancers, you know, because they had the groove. And, uh, they would have had a bass, and they would have had some conga drums, and they would have had a flute, and they would have had a uh, violin or or sax, or, you know, it would have been even better. But um, 
just congas, timbales, uh, piano, bass, and a flute and a violin um, uh, do the job uh, with uh, with bringing some type of excitement so that you can dance to, uh, you know, with just a small amount of people. He did it with, you know, imagine he used to do it with 12 people, sometimes with 16 musicians. So we're, uh, I was blessed to, to know him and, um, uh, today's the first day, uh, June 1st, 2000, at the world, uh, um, lost a uh, great, great um, talent and a human being who, who uh, left his music over 130 albums to his credit with, I don't know how many featurings on other singles that he he performed that, uh, that he gave a lot of credit to Carlos Santana for one song, Oye Como Va, for making it famous and uh, and for his untire- uh, for, for touring to bring this music to the people in over 100 countries in the world. So um, tonight we're going to hear a masterpiece, Obra Maestra in Spanish. And the reason I wanted that interview was because the album is Tito Puente and Eddie Palmieri now in a recording studio with musicians and uh, collaborating on an album that uh, won two Grammys. One Grammy, you know, that they the Grammys in January that they they televise on CBS and the Grammys, which are called the Latin Grammys, uh, that are held every November. Um, that are televised on uh, Spanish television uh, network, uh, Univision, or Telemundo, depending on what year it is. But uh, it's definitely a pleasure to be with you. And I hope your audience uh, is um, is uh, enjoying the music we've been playing for the last eight episodes. And tonight is something special. Uh, and uh, I want to thank you once again. For allowing me to, for inviting me to be part of your program tonight. And without further ado, two Grammy Awards right. uh, album, Masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Masterpiece, all right.
Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, I can hear you now. All right. Okay, Beverly, okay. wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> that, that was great. That was what you call a jam thing. <laughs> Ooh, I got to give credit, you know, to the person that um, that made that possible. Uh, that was a gentleman by the name of Ralph Mercado, the late Ralph Mercado, an empresario concert promoter, a salsa music, uh, you know, promoter in particular, but manager of Tito Puente and Celia Cruz for decades and um, owner of a record label that was distributed at that time by Universal Music called RMM Records. And Tito Puente and Eddie Palmieri were both, um, you know, part of that uh, record label. And I was um, blessed to have been the head of that label uh, 
when I um, relocated from Los Angeles to New York to uh, work with Ralph closely. And um, may he rest in peace. He was an incredible mentor. Um, when I uh, told him um, during the first rehearsal uh, that um, the two singers that, um, that we were thinking of using um, was Eddie Palmieri singer Hernan Oliveira and um, Tito Puente's singer uh, Frankie Morales uh, to do some of the uh, compositions, some of the songs written uh, for the album. Uh, I suggested to Ralph, um, you know, that we had to increase the budget to include um, other singers that we were in touch with that were part of the of the record label and that were available to do this collaboration with, between Tito Puente and Eddie Palmieri. So um, mm-hmm. I want to start off by saying Frank Morales is a great job on that first number. Then, then we had a young artist that was uh, on the RMM label uh, called Michael Stewart, who did the second um, track. And then the third track was uh, a young man by the name of Hernan Oliveira, um, who who uh, was part of that um, that entire project. He did he did two um, tunes actually on on the composition on that album, uh, two compositions, and we also had uh, right now we just heard the great um, rest in peace uh, sonero from Puerto Rico, Pete El Conde Rodriguez, um, who uh, was also part of that project. Uh, we had uh, Jerry Medina, uh, that, that one song that, that we heard called Yambu. And um, we had Oscar De Leon, or Sonero, from Venezuela, who's still performing today, uh, and dancing on stage, and, and very, very much the, one of the top um, salsa artists uh, on the planet. And uh, we had another young man by the name of Jerry Medina, which uh, we heard him with with that one uh, composition by Eddie Palmer called Itutu Ache. And um, the, the opening of the intro of that song was uh, the late, uh, great. Um, Conga player Milton Cardona, who who is part of that you know uh, Santeria religion that, uh, that has chants like that and, and plays those type, that types of drumming, which is a bata drum, which are three drums, and um, they they're uh, very uh, very interesting because that sound is carried from Africa, and uh, both Eddie Palmieri and Tito Puente had a lot of respect for that that particular. Um, tribe that uh, that brought this um, sound to Cuba and to the greater Antilles and and onto the United States and every part of the world. You have people that that worship uh, the same gods that the Yoruba tribe from Africa used to worship, which is the Mother Nature, the rivers and the ocean and the fire and uh, Wind, etc., etc., et and uh, um, they had their customs and they had their music to when they used to do their ceremonies. Uh, and uh, so, you know, these people all made it possible uh, for for this album to become a Grammy Award-winning album. Uh, however, 
um, the budget for this project is, you know, using a lot of invited guests and the studio time and everything like that, you know, it was in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. But um, uh, today we can listen to this and hear a quality product and say, wow, you know, this is a collaboration to the greatest artists of, of Latin music on the planet. You know, Eddie Palmieri is still alive today and he's still doing his thing. He's in his 80s. And it's mm. too soon. Um, but I hope your audience was able to enjoy uh, listening to the last recording of, of our, our dearly departed uh, king of Latin music, uh, Tito Puente. Yes, that was awesome. And so uh, we didn't get a chance to really listen to his interview, so we can end up uh, with the interview. That sounds great. Well, you know, yeah. Even even if uh, if we don't do the interview, uh, I think that um, what we have coming up, you know, is uh, some some really um, good music that that I was able to find on YouTube. Uh, once again, you know, all this music mm-hmm. you're listening to is all available on YouTube. We want to thank YouTube for allowing you know. To, uh, access this music and share with uh, with everyone that's listening tonight. So I'm very happy. I want to give a shout out to my friends in in New Jersey and in New York City and in LA and uh, here in Puerto Rico who who are, who are listening to the show. I was able to get the link, uh, send them the link tonight. And uh, um, I, I hope uh, you know once again we can uh, continue to to discuss and to listen to, to the music of Tito Puente, which is, uh, which will live forever. Tito lives uh, through his music and his name will always be with us uh, for those that um, have uh, a um, passion for great music and great Musicians, composers, songwriters whose music lives today. There's going to be a movie about Tito Puente. I don't know uh, much about it. Yeah. But you know, these are the days, you know, right after his passing that we were at the funeral, you know, and, and it was a, it was just a mass of people that kept coming, you know, to, to view his body, you know, and, at the funeral home, there were lines, you know, people just, you know, we had, uh, we had dignitaries and we had, you know, so many people that, that, that just came by. And one, one of the things that was happening that was, that was interesting is that that weekend, um, he passed on a Tuesday. And um, that weekend in Puerto Rico, they were doing um, the Heineken Jazz Festival. And it was a tribute to Tito Puente. And so all of his friends were there, you know, Giovanni Dane, Giovanni Hidalgo, all his cats, you know, that, that he used to play with. And um, I remember when uh, Dave Valentin, when he read in Peace of Flautus, um, he had a lot of recordings on GRP records of, you know, more some really great music, um, trio, quartet, and you know, also some danceable stuff that he did early on with uh, Conjunto Libre. Um, 
But, um, you know, the, one of the things that stands out about Dave Arnton is that uh, he came, you know, he was, he was distraught, you know. He was just, had just came, came straight from the airport to the funeral home. And um, when he came to view the body, because everybody was allowed to view the body, it was like, you know, some other funerals of artists that you can't even um, see the body. Um even Ralph Mercado's uh, funeral, the, the body was nice. Was people ne- I never saw, you know, uh, um, Ralph in, you know, in, in his coffin, you know. Oh, clothes cast. Far away, far off, they roped off. He thought he went there. Not, not that, you know, it was there, you know, for a viewing. And I remember when Dave, you know, came in, and I was with Dave, and we went, you know, to view, you know, the body, you know, and. Uh, he said, you know, Eddie, that's not Tito Puente, man. That's not Tito Puente. You know, he couldn't believe that it was gone, you know. And um, I got to tell you, you know, these were the days of that that, that was going on, um, you know, after his passing, you know, June 1st, June 2nd, June 3rd, you know, like that. He was finally buried in, uh, you know, in, in New York, upstate New York, mm-hmm. uh and, um, you know, that day was raining and raining and raining. I remember, you know, his eulogy, you know, Federico Luciano, a few other people that said, uh, you know, their goodbyes to Tito Puente. And uh, it was very solemn, you know, solemn, solemn, solemn. Versus, versus other people that passed. And they have jam session at the funeral, you know. Okay. Uh, you know. This is not, you know, uh, a typical Latin artist passing and, and the, 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 the regular. Uh, this is very dignified. Not to say that those are not dignified. But, you know, this right. is very dignified uh, in, in terms of uh, everyone being very solemn, you know, at this moment because everyone knew we lost a great one. And um, but those of us that were honored to know him and, and spend time with him and, on a personal level and a professional level, um, we're all blessed because we had a chance to to, to meet greatness and genius. And so his uh, his work lives on. And uh, now I, I'd like to introduce some of the people that were able to uh, collaborate with Tito Puente during his first tour of the Latin Jazz Ensemble, the Tito Puente Latin Jazz Ensemble was a project that was basically uh, formed by a gentleman who was uh, by the name of Martin Cohen. Martin Cohen was the owner of an um, instrument uh, manufacturer of timbales, in particular percussion instruments called Latin Percussion. That's the, the name of, of that company. And Patato Valdez uh, came from Cuba, and, and Cuba and all of the musicians, including Channel Pozo, all the musicians of the 40s and 50s, and, you know, they used to use a conga drum, but in order to stretch the, the skin, it was pound skin, in order to stretch it, you know, across the hollow barrel or the opening of the, of the wood, uh, wooden, um, you know, base, they would have to put tack, you know, like a tack, you know, but one of those ones that really, you know, stays there around the skin to keep it on there. And the way they would tune it, 
would be by placing a, a can of, I remember my uncle saying a can of Maxwell House coffee. And he, mm. he uh, put paper and he put some sand wood in there and he made a fire. And then he put the hollow side of the bottom of the conga drum on top of that. And then he would start um, hitting it, like tapping it on the top of the skin. Uh, and from a dull sound, it used to convert into a sound that was tight, you know, and it was very uh, identifiable, you know, the different parts of it. So, so it was like he had put a, it, it was, was it like huh? he had put an amplifier on it? You know how you put an amplifier no, on a good no, 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 no. The congas were, were, the skin was held on the top of the base of the conga drum with tacks, you know. Like those okay. brass packs you use in your schools, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. those mm-hmm. industrial ones. And um, like I said, they used to tighten them or they used to tune them. Uh, that was the correct word okay. to use. They used to tune them by putting fire underneath and then uh, tightening mm-hmm. the skin on top. Uh, well, that gentleman, the Batato Valdez, that we know as a percussionist, was also an inventor. What he invented was a way to put a brass ring over the skin on the top of the conga base and then put uh, a screw and a, 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 a bolt to tighten the conga instead of having to, and you could tune it like that, and then when the show is over, you can, you can you know, loosen it so the skin is not tight. But it was a tunable um, conga drum. Now, that conga drum okay. was, uh, became the conga drum that was manufactured by Latin percussion. And from what I understood uh, for that license, that patent by that Patato Valdez, uh, he used to get like 25 cents or something like that. That's the story I heard. I don't know whether mm-hmm. the go like that today into his family or whatever, but that was a great invention for the Latin music industry, which needs a conga for you to dance, okay? So, uh, right. and the also manufactured by Latin percussion. So they wanted to promote Latin percussion on, on, a, on a tour, and so they created the Latin Jazz Ensemble. And so the gentleman that you're going to hear his music tonight, uh, a violinist, with Tito Puente and the Latin Jazz Ensemble was the first musical director for that group. His name is Alfredo de la Fe. I first met Alfredo, well, I first saw Alfredo at a show that I produced, my first concert ever at at, uh, Bronx Community College in New York. And uh, he was with Tipica 73. And those guys were like pros. They used to do, come in, do a show, and leave. And um, then the second time I, I was able to see uh, Alfredo and be with him was with Tito Puente in 1979 at the at the uh, Keystone Corner in, in San Francisco. And so from that time, you know, that was the first tour of, of the Tito Puente. They had Tato Valdez on congas, Jorge Calcio on piano. And um, they created some music. So we're going to hear a few live uh, recordings of Alfredo de la Fe with Tito Puente and his Latin jazz ensemble, Patasso Valdez on congas and Jorge Dalto on piano. Uh, Jorge and Tito and 
Patato, may they rest in peace. So we'll listen now to Alfredo La Fe with Tito Puente and the Latin Jazz Ensemble. Okay. Thank you. 
that was powerful. That was incredible. You had a uh, you know masters mm-hmm. masters uh, from on piano from Argentina, the late Jorge Dalto, um, incredible pianist. He was. He used to play with George Benson. As a matter of fact, they give him the credit for uh, for creating that arrangement uh, for one of his hits, for George Benson's hits, uh, on Broadway. Okay. And ever hear yeah. on Broadway, pianist there was that gentleman, uh, incredible gentleman, uh, wonderful person to work with, Jorge Dalto. And uh, on bass, I think on that date was... Um, Mike Venus, who, who's still still with us today, he, he used to work with um, with Dave Fontaine. He was a tour with him. Uh, another great Puerto Rican bassist um, on congas. Percussion is a conguero. Patato was like a legend already. You know, when he was alive to the world of percussion, Patato Valdez is also not living anymore. Then we have Tito Puente, you know, the king of Latin music, um, with arrangements uh, for a live performance at the Montreux Jazz Festival of songs from My Fair Lady, <laughs> you know, my favorite yeah. thing. Uh, right. um, you know, it's morning, you know, uh, you know, it, it's, a, you know, this is, and, and uh, Bacalao Compan was ahead of, uh, of the group Ida Gale. From uh, from Cuba, they they were the first Cuban group ever to win a Grammy Award for Best Nine Album of the Year back in the seventies, and so then on on violin, you know, I I can't say enough about Alfredo de la Fe. Like I said, you know, he's been working since since I saw him in nineteen seventy five. Excuse me. Uh, excuse me. And he has not quit. He's still working. He's living in Colombia, in Bogota, mm-hmm. Colombia. And um, uh, he's been there for years. He has a following there. He's been recording there. He's coming out with a new recording uh, called Legado. Um, and it has salsa. It has timba. It has typical stuff. It has a lot of things. But most of all, it's just someone that has staying power in terms of their creativity. You know, our that I feel has that. That's that violin that you yeah. heard from back in the 80s, you know, and he's still doing it. He's getting better and better. He's always gotten better and better and better. I can't tell you, you know, watching him on stage, he's a showman. He's hit by something that just, you know, makes him move and makes everybody move. And, you know, it's uh, it's an exciting act to watch. And he's coming out. He's coming. He's returning to the USA from Columbia soon. And we'll have him okay. uh, gonna talk to us about his latest, uh, his newest album called Legado. Okay. And some of the soft things he has in there and some of the, the uh, typical, you know, he has some boom behind there. He has a lot of things in there. What, what makes it mostly interesting is that, once again, Alfredo has not quit. And um, he's mm-hmm. coming back to the USA. Uh, he has a book, uh, you know, and... Um, you know, we wish him all the success in the world. I'm going to help him as much as I can to uh, to be so more people can know about 
Alfredo de la Fe. Did you ever hear about Alfredo de la Fe, Beverly? I, I, I never heard about him before, and I watched his video, and I mean, he really is, he puts on really good. He performs really good, really good. He's talented. Well, he's a composer. He's a Cuban, mm-hmm. you know, American. You know, he he left Cuba when he was seven years old. He told me the story today. He's a part of the story, anyway. When he left Cuba, you okay. know, he left on a boat, and they were shooting at the boat, you know, and he was, and he got shot. He got shot, yeah. a seven-year-old kid, you know, and, oh and they made it to to, to Florida, and um, you know, he he was able to, you know, make it through that. And he told me today, he said, you know, every time the wave used to, when the water used to come into the boat, you know, it used to hit me on the wound. It used to sting so much, the salt water, you know. The salt That's water, he would, yeah. He'll, he'll, he'll tell us the story himself. But once again, okay. know, uh, he made it to the U.S. And at a young age. He was in New York, and he was performing in, in, you know, in clubs already. You know, they used to let him in. He was a child prodigy, this guy. And so, uh, you know, ultimately ending up with uh, – when I got him, uh, you know, was with, uh, you know, finally yeah, all stars when I saw him and then um, worked with uh, the band that he was a musician. Um, part of the ownership was a group called Tipica 73, and that was in 75. You know, and so this guy has toured. He, you know, he's been to you know, 80, 90, 95 countries he's on, uh, on tour. So, um, but like you, you know, yeah, they have a jazz festival in Detroit. So, you yeah. know, uh, he, he's a Latin jazz artist. You know, you just heard him. So if more people could hear about it, I'd it up there. And recognize. Oh, yeah, they would enjoy it. Yes. Him. We want to bring him to the Detroit Jazz Festival. Oh, I would year. love that. And so, uh, Beverly, you're in Detroit. And so um, so you could put Alfredo uh, in touch with the uh with whoever the talent uh, buyer is so that we can uh, lock okay. that date up for next year and it'll be part of uh, Truth to Power. You know? So yeah. uh, that'll be fantastic. And I, I, I would suggest people to go and look at his video on YouTube. Awesome performance. Uh, you know, like I said, you know, this, this music is available to everyone and uh, all they have to do is know the names and uh, in this case, mm-hmm. it was Pete Puente, uh, Alfredo, A-L-F-R-E-D, like in David. Oh, uh, like Alfred, but she's had to know. Alfredo. De, de, D-E, de, La, L-A, Alfredo, Alfred would know, La, L-A, uh, De, I'm sorry, D-E, L-A, De, which means is uh, the, the definition of fe is faith. So uh, F-E, Alfredo de la Fe. His friends mm-hmm. call him Alfredito de la Fe, you know, his close friends. Uh, he's a great guy, very focused, very sober, very, uh, you, know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, wants, has that passion that keeps creating, he's doing things, and I'm so glad he's returning to the U.S. and gives an opportunity to... Uh, for people to hear the music live of this great talent, uh, violinist, composer, songwriter, band leader, um, recording artist, uh, you know, author, 
um, and you know, a very spiritual man by the name of Alfredo Lafe, who who has great music to bring people to make them feel good and make them feel happy. So, Beverly, you know, I want to thank you once again for allowing me to to do this uh, series, a special series, uh, celebrating the life of and the music of Pico Puente. And um, there's so much music out there, you know, for people to listen to. So, you know, just go to YouTube and you'll be able to find the music and at least see um, uh, Pico performing live or something else. Uh, he is quite a was always a quite a showman though, and very humble. Yeah, he was on. The yeah, was, uh, they made a they made an animated a caricature out of Pico Puente on The Simpsons, and then he was okay. also on Sesame Street. Sesame Street. They invited him to be on Sesame Street. You know, the, you I, know, you know the, I remember seeing him on Sesame Street. I I didn't know who he was, but I remember uh, seeing him on there. Yeah, you know, so this is a this is a man, this is a talent, this is a genius. So you know, was with us uh, until May thirty first, uh, two thousand. I remember June first, uh, two thousand. Uh, since uh, the, his obituary came out first thing in the morning on on the New York Post, uh, the um, the person that wrote that interviewed me uh, had interviewed people. Week prior to that, and uh, I was the one that set up the interview. So when this happened, she called me up right away, and um, I told her, you know, at the moment, whatever it was that I thought, I got bombarded with phone calls. I got about, wow, I couldn't. Uh, June first, oh my God, they came. They even came with TV cameras to interview the Spanish network. It was, it was something else, you know, and. Um, um, you know, I was still getting over the shock that he was gone. You know that. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a we had we had plans. You know, for two years down the line, they were becoming. Um, you know, come. You know, they were they were pending, and they were good deals for him. You know, and so, but um, nevertheless, uh, you know, the phones. You know, through uh, through the funeral, and then you know, after the funeral, and after the burial, all the phones. I used to get calls for Tito Puente every single day, booking agents, newspapers, magazines, you name for people that are doing parades, award ceremonies, et cetera. Yeah, he was a superstar. Every single day, every single day, and uh, from, from morning to night. And after the uh, the funeral, after the burial of Pico Puente, the phones mm-hmm. stopped ringing. Mm-hmm. Like the end of a of a era, not only for Tito, but yeah. like from at the time, there's yeah. no one, no one called. And so I, I decided mm-hmm. to do other things, which is something else, not anything related to music for a while, and. Uh, then I came back to music later on in the mid mid two thousands with a tour with an artist uh, by the name of Juan Juan Luis Guerra from the Dominican Republic. So you know, then you know, I did it with Ralph Mercado and may he rest in peace. He had, he made me a partner of of his company, and um, I, I was blessed, you know, to have worked with him. And then he passed. So you know, mm-hmm. this has been a it was a rough, you know, 2000 to 2010, and 
you know, 2000 to 2020, you know, when there's coming, you know, doing different things throughout the years, always active. But then the pandemic came, so I kind of like made back. And now, thanks to you, Beverly D, I'm back. No, thanks to you. Yeah. So thank you very much. Well, go- I want to thank you. Thank you. And, and um, I want to thank you for teaching me the words better love. I, I love it. I love yeah. that. <laughs> so better love to you. And um, I want to thank everyone for, for tuning in. Uh, the, this is a live public service program. Um, you know, the first 10 minutes were technical difficulties, but it seemed like we had smooth sailing after that. So thank you very yeah, much for yeah. the technical issue. And um, we'll have something new next week. And uh, I want to say good night and, um, and much love to my family and to my friends that are uh, Tune in when I do this show with you. Um, So good night, Beverly, and good night to all. Good night, and we appreciate you. Thank you for bringing the series to us. Better love.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.